Are you passionate about making a difference through design? Join us at the Human Centered Design Network's Circle, a new private community for change makers just like you. Connect with like minded professionals, gain exclusive rights to monthly learning opportunities, and lead the change in human centered design. For more information, see thisishcd.com. Now, let's get back into that episode. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of the Doing Design Podcast. My name is Jerry Scullion and I'm the CEO of ThisIsDoing.com and in this episode we speak with Adam Lawrence, a trainer at This Is Doing and also one of the authors of This Is Service Design Doing, one of the most popular design books over the last decade and one that many of you will probably already know all about. But what many of us don't know about is the story that came before the creation of This Is Service Design Doing book. This is what we chat about in this episode. As a small caveat, whilst recording, you may hear some seagulls in the distance. I apologise for this, but a family of seagulls has moved in and my roof and is making for lots of fun and games at the moment. Anyway, let's jump into the conversation with Adam. Adam Lawrence, how are you? Very well, thank you. It's Friday, which is a good day in my life. It is Friday. It's the best day, I'd like to say. It's definitely in the top seven. So, Adam, we're going to be speaking about some fun stuff today. We are. We're going, we're going to be chatting about this is service design doing. I know, lovely, short, catchy name. We always come up with those easy to remember short names, but I think you it sort of describes what's in the box. I think you should have called it Tizd. <laughs> well, we we call it Tizd sometimes because we have Tizd T, which is oh, yeah. Mark and Jakob's first book. This is service design thinking, yeah. and there's this is service design doing the school and the book, and then this is service design methods. The book is getting a bit crazy. Yeah. I mean, you try and get on a call with some customers for me. I'm like, oh, this is service design doing. And then there's this is doing. doing yes. And this is HCD. They're all different, <laughs> yeah. but we're all in it together. <laughs> yep. And we're all so. on the podcast from regular times. So we're going to chat today a little bit more around some open ended questions that I have. And I've been asked quite a lot from customers over the last year or two around the origins of this is service design doing, where it came sure. from. And you're one of the main authors of the, mm-hmm. the book, which is, as I like to say, in probably every design studio around the world. It's a fantastic book, and I've got it here in front of me, everyone. Ah, fantastic. So, Four languages now. We've now got traditional Chinese, Portuguese, Japanese, and English with reformed Chinese coming very soon, I believe, and Russian. Wow. I mean, that's brilliant. It's such a goal to have kicked. But like, let's go back right back to the start. When yeah. you were born, only joking, let's go right back to the start. <laughs> How did you guys all meet? Well, I think we actually we physically met at the Service Design Network conference in Berlin. That must have been end of 2010, I think. Yeah, a long time ago. 2013. Was it? Was it? Oh, must 2013. Before the jam got going. So I think it was 10. around then. And okay. Marcus and I were running a workshop 
and we look for a volunteer in the audience and this guy gets up and it's Mark Stigdorn and with him and some other great volunteers we had a, a, a fun workshop you know they were kind of our sacrificial lambs they did funny stuff for us and people laughed with them I hope and we got talking to Mark and we found out who it was and we were Twitter friends we'd been tweeting back and forth to each other and we started sort of just bouncing ideas around especially Mark and Marcus because they're, they're the thinkers if you like and they were bouncing ideas around and sort of friendship developed we started helping each other out with a bit of work now and again and then at some point we said let's try and do something together which is which we offer together and let's try and do something that we're really proud of that actually was a thing that we said yeah a thing that we're proud of and at the time mark of course was this is service design thinking and yeah. we were famous for the global service jam and the motto of the jam has always been Think, uh, doing not talking so somebody said kind of as a gag well we should call it this is service design doing and people nodded at each other said that's a good idea you know and initially of course it was a training course that's what it was it was uh, mm. a five to four day initially i think executive level training course trying to sort of get one iteration of a service design project into that very experiential fun but also quite quite intense in terms of content and that later moved on to become books. Yeah. So the workshops you were doing, the three of you, yep. for a couple of years, isn't that right? That's right. Several years. I think we started them in 13, 14, something like that, maybe 15. And we ran them all over the place. Berlin was the first one. Barcelona went down with to Thailand with it. China, uh, over to the States and Egypt. so on. Mm, no, was not that, yet, I think it was one in Egypt. No, that was something else. And... We found this really interesting thing was happening, which was, first of all, this thing was evolving quite fast mm. because also service design was evolving at the time. So there were yeah. still core things. There are still things in the core course in the book with there on day one, but a lot of it has evolved. Mm. And we also found there was this amazing community growing around it. I mean, people would literally fly into the city that we were at. People had been on the course, you know, a year before to come in and say hi to the new intake. You know, that literally happened. Or wow. if they were in town, they'd come by and we'd say, come and do half an hour. Come and tell us how you're applying what you've learned and stuff like this. And so we saw sort of this, this knowledge base growing and the mm. community growing around it. And we thought there's something we can do with this. You know, we had, we quite early in the course, we stopped doing handouts because it was just too busy. We were moving around a lot, you know, changing rooms, flipping backwards and forwards, building something, going out into the street, testing things and so on. And handouts didn't really fit in that context. So we yeah. said, let's make an online handout, a document, and invite people to edit it as we go along. So in the evenings, they go back to their hotel rooms, they add notes or whatever, they criticize, they yeah. give examples, stuff like this. And we thought, hmm, this is really interesting. This is kind of the core. It's becoming a core syllabus, this 50, 60, 70 pages we now have now of notes and so on around this course. This could become a book. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. I didn't really have an understanding of the context of the the collaborative piece that came before the book. That yeah, was, absolutely. That's it's crazy. Most people think the school is the school of the book, but in fact, it's the other way around. It's the it's book the of around, the school. Yeah. yeah. I remember at that time, it was probably 2015, the original emails went out and they're like, hey, we're going to be putting some of these things online. Do you want to contribute? And yeah. It was like a massive kind of fun day online. For me, I was in Australia. I was explaining to you before, and I was having my breakfast in my office and everyone else in Europe and around the world are logged on at the same time. And it was just like 
it was like like a crazy bar of drunken service designers <laughs> all arguing at the same time about something that was quite small. Yeah. And um, I was in an argument with someone from Brazil and Spain who I'm glad to say proof that I do, you know, forgive and forget. I don't remember their names. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but arguing about stuff about embedding design. It was a crazy thing on my side to be seeing this thing come to life and contributing. And it must have been a rush for yourself, Mark and Marcus. I yeah, that part. So we had four of us behind the book. There's Mark and Jakob who wrote yeah. the This Is Service Design Doing a Thinking Books, wrote the first book. And then Marcus and myself came into that as the two other lead authors. And it was Mark, Marcus and myself did most of the writing, while Jakob took care of some of the writing as well, but also the whole look of the thing and the, the graphics and so on, which was so important. Yeah. Which is one um, of the most yeah. beautiful design books I've ever seen. Not it just is, saying that because yeah. we're, we're, we work together, but the book is phenomenally put together yeah a lot of hard work by him and by o'reilly the publisher as well to do that yeah um and we knew fairly early on that we wanted to do a degree of sort of crowdsourcing of this the first book mm. this is service design thinking had been done in that way as a design project incorporating many many people's words and thoughts things like you know voting which chapters should go in which one should go out inviting which contributors to come in and we thought that would be a really good thing to do in the second version but maybe an updated version of that so basically we got together and we mapped out who was going to do which chapters and we wrote first drafts of those chapters fairly roughly i mean my some of my first drafts still had things in them saying not sure what to put here or who has a good example you know things like mm. that uh, does this contradict what we say in chapter three question mark stuff like that and then as you said at some point we said let's ask for help so we put out a tweet and we got about 300 volunteers within 40 minutes of people who were interested in co-editing this with us mm. and so we said okay sign up and each person, we had to think 12 chapters at that point, and each person got between one and three chapters that they were yeah. shared as a Google Doc with, with commenting rights and with about 30 to 50 other people on that chapter. Yeah. And then what was really hard for me personally was to sit on my hands for two weeks and not get involved in the conversations that were happening there. Because, you know, it would happen that somebody would say, you know, put a note there, not sure what this means. Now, if I yeah. go in there and tell them what I meant by it, I learn nothing. So I yeah. had to hang back and let somebody else say, well, I think they mean this. And someone else say, well, well, that will contradict what they said in chapter four. Yeah, well, do those things actually play together? And these great, I mean, fabulous conversations Threads. were happening in the comments yeah. field of this. And we're just sitting there learning. Yeah. Yeah. People bringing out in examples, offering images, uh, case studies, contradicting us, saying this is not the way it works. This is fantastic. And some of those people... We actually asked to make expert contributions later on and be actually named in the book. Others we just acknowledged with a kind of thank you, thank you, thank you list of names. But everything that they went, that they wrote was enormously important in the kind of the second version two, when we iterated the whole thing fairly fundamentally and wove in all those things that they added. I'm still very grateful for that. And it was the bit where I learned the most writing the book. I mean, it was my first book, you know, I'm not an experienced author. And I thought, <laughs> I thought I'd be pouring my wisdom from me. <laughs> and of course, you end up learning way more uh, by writing a book than you do, I think, by reading one. Um, yeah. it's, it's really, really amazing. The conversations with people doing case studies, that experience of that co-editing with 300 people contributing to it in text form and sometimes with a phone call or whatever, really amazing time. Yeah. So after all that, you know, incredible period, 
I remember Mark telling me there was like 4,000 pages or something. It was of, of <laughs> well, It wasn't quite as much as that, but certainly it was too much to be a yeah. reasonable book. It was going to be a shelf breaker. Um, yeah, it was a big yeah. old chunky thing. I mean, it's not not by any means light at the moment no, either. it's still a fat book. Yeah. It's still a big fat book. What was the editing process for this is service design doing? Like, and how did you handle all that to... Like what stayed in and what were the criteria for staying yeah, in? Yeah, I mean, that was that was an, another really good sort of quality boost, I think, was at some point realizing, okay, now we've got written what we want to write. Now we've got the tool descriptions. Now we've got the case studies, which was so important to us. I think 39, something like that, case studies, some of which are mm-hmm. six pages or so, some of which are two pages. But now we had all that. It's just too much. It's just too yeah. much. And we said, right, let's look at this in a smart way. Do we go through and apply the knife evenly through the whole thing? Or do we say, right, there's a whole section here that can come out. There's a whole, if you like, layer of the book which can come out. And this is pretty fun because if you remember, we'd started with that kind of that script from the school, which was basically method descriptions, you know, how to do this, how to do that, how to run an interview, how to do a customer journey map, this kind of stuff. And that was the core of the book. And around it was how to run projects, how to run a studio, how to recruit people, big thinking behind things like ideation or research or whatever. Yeah. And we said, you know, these method descriptions, they're a commodity now. There are fantastic resources online where you can see these things for free. Why should we still be selling them? Hmm. So we took out what had been the actual core of the book we thought before then. Yeah. And so instead of having, I often com- compare it to a cookbook, instead of having recipes about, you know, how to make a, a, white, a, a white sauce or how to, how to chop an egg, yeah, or how to make a, a, a Christmas pudding, those things came out and they, they went down to stubs, just little stubs. We put all that information free online, 59 methods free online, something like that. And then we focused on, okay, why is this necessary? When is it useful? How do I run this kind of stuff? So mm. it's less about making a cake and more about running a kitchen, running a restaurant, if you like, if I can yeah. strain that metaphor further. Yeah. And I think this is yet more genuinely useful yeah. um, because it's not the methods that make a designer. It's how you connect the things that you do. Yeah. You use the analogy of the kitchen. I use the analogy of the gym. The exercises that you do to get stronger and get fitter and the n- nutritional benefits and all that kind of stuff. So there's there's some tie in there to how i see this is service design doing it's like it's an exercise regime it's you know how, how to get fit or how to get stronger how to get mentally stronger as well so it's one of those accompanying books that yeah. is, it, it does sit on my shelf and i might look at it for maybe two or three hours and then i might be only joking it might be two or three weeks before i pick it up again and sure, i might reference sure. something and even now like i've been doing this for so long it's just good to have something that sits pretty close yeah. to my to my desk and um, i'm able to reference it if i'm responding to something just to make sure that i'm still talking sense <laughs> that's good <laughs> and it is, it's often used as a reference book i want to emphasize that you know yeah there are a few people who've read it from cover to cover i haven't and i wrote the thing you know and yeah. co-wrote it i haven't done um, it. no most people read the first few chapters which are the kind of you know why is this thing what is it and why is it happening Exactly. And there's a sort of overview of some of the really fundamental tools and methods. Mm. Then we have these deep dives into research, ideation, prototyping. 
Yeah? yeah, and they're really to be there as a library to draw from when you need those methods. Yeah, at the end we tie together things like okay, facilitation, embedding, project planning. Again, they're useful reads you could read in one go or, or a chapter at a time. Yeah, but yeah. most people just read that stub at the beginning and then dip in and dip out, which is fine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the school, as you mentioned, was already running yep. before the book. And there's a couple of different options for people to to do this as service design, doing training. Yeah. One of the ones is essentials, right? That's right. And we were having a conversation uh, within the This Is HCD or within the This Is Doing community this week. Mm -hmm. We were chatting about what does it mean to be essentials? So yeah. let's, yeah. let's hear your, your take on it. So this was the second <clears throat> version, if you like. The initial thing was basically a full week. And we said, okay, this is quite hard for people to organize in their mm. jobs. And also it's not cheap you know so what about more price sensitive situations or people who are very very busy and we said right can we boil this down even further to make a three-day version and we initially did this in countries further away from europe you know where the price was an issue and so on but it's become a generally useful thing so this really is a very strong focus on the methods and the mindsets if you like which you need to get through one iteration of a design project yeah mm -hmm. i often say this is ideal if you're going into an existing team or an existing capacity in this and you want to get up to speed on the basics of the language and the basic tools and methods yeah yeah we don't go in depth in that one or as much depth in that one into things like facilitation into things like embedding a little bit less on project management and so on it's really a focus on the tools and methods yeah and there's the, the executive school that's right. So that's the original and it's now been expanded. So that in the physical version is a full week. And it is, I think, ideal for somebody who's going to be driving or pushing or managing this kind of activity yeah. in an organization. Yeah. So design so leaders. Yeah, exactly. So it's all the stuff which you get in the essentials course, a thick layer on top of facilitation. So you don't just learn the methods, you learn to run the methods and get feedback on your facilitation from your peers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. More detail on the project work, project level stuff, project planning, more detail on embedding it, more detail on the strategy level and stuff like that. And just a little bit more time for deeper conversations. Yeah. So that one's more rounded and it's it's yeah. catered towards you said, design leaders or even business leaders who want to kind of sure. evoke change at scale. We get all sorts coming along. We get people who are moving into or, or developing a customer experience, employee experience capacity in their organization. We get people from agencies, often agency heads, who want to see how we do it and see what they can mm -hmm. learn from us, which is great. We can learn from them too. Uh, we get academics, professors coming along, people running service systems or developing services in large organizations. So there's a good mix of people who come in there. Honestly, for me, the people you have in the room, whether it's a Zoom room these days or if it's a physical room, are absolutely one of the main selling points because you get yeah. these incredible people from all over the world with very different backgrounds and stories. And there's as much learning going on between the participants as there is between us and the participants. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got This Is Service Design doing essentials happening in June on This Is Doing. That's right, um, the online version, yeah. The online version, which is Essentials, which is the one Adam has just um, given an overview. And we're also working on the, the July one for the executive one. That's right. So we've taken, if you like, the short version and the long version, and they've gone from, so the three-day physical course became a five-half-day online course, run that several mm. times now. It's been really great. I've really enjoyed doing that. It's worked well online. 
and the five-day executive, so the longer course, has now become an eight-half-day or will become an eight-half-day online course. Yeah. Nice. So we've still got the short version and the long version. We've still got the essentials that focuses on the tools and methods and the executive course, which has tools and methods and strategy embedding facilitation, these yeah. kind of things. And they're in sort of, we find a half day is a good learning chunk for this kind of stuff. It gives mm. you enough depth. It's not overwhelming. You can still do your job beside it. Yeah. Yeah. And so we either fill a week or most of two weeks, depending on which course you choose. Yeah. You mentioned there like, the you know, the majority of the learning is split between the people in the group and also obviously um the faculty yourself mark and marcus there must be some funny stories you have around delivery of these because when you get such a, a variety of people in a room i know me personally i've got loads of them tell us do you have any funny stories from say in person or even online when all these people come together it's brilliant and it it is joy to see that and i mean we've done things like in the physical courses we have a whatsapp group which goes on for years afterwards i still get pings on the whatsapp group from courses you know back in 2017 and stuff like that i mean a lot of the stories are around adventures you have being in a foreign city i remember one uh, back in one of the very early courses of course we do on the and the physical courses on the night before the, the final day so the thursday night we go out for a meal together and uh, things that you do and I remember that a group of the gentlemen from that course decided to go large, as we might say in the UK, to, oh. to, to really, really push out the boat. It was in Berlin, uh, I remember, okay. that one, and really went for it. And I'm told that they came sort of staggering back into the hotels around 7 a.m. before the last day, which kicked off at like 8.45. So what was fun about it was that there were basically four or five younger gentlemen and one a little bit older, sort of maybe my age, around 50 or so. And the the young guys sort of wandered in in the afternoon around, you know, one o'clock, two o'clock in the afternoon. It's fine. They pay for their own money. No problem. Yeah. But the older gentleman was there, shaved and showered on the mat at 8.45 after being up until seven in the morning. So since then, we've called him Mr. Seven O'Clock. And... Uh, <laughs> Some of the older members of the faculty, like myself, I'm, I'm the oldest, uh, would say, you know, and any any youngster can drink until seven in the morning, but you have to be an adult to be back at work at eight forty-five. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard. Like, it, it, well, in my mind, if I have a couple of pints, that's it. The next day is a write-off. Yeah, um, I can't really do it anymore. So, kudos to that guy for being able to. Absolutely, he to was from Portugal. That's all I'm going to tell you. Yeah, that's all I'm going to. Oh, okay. May I may know. Oh, and speaking of kudos, I want to give some out some massive kudos to the core writing team of this because apart from the hundreds of people who contributed to this book of course there was a small team who worked at this for years and sometimes worked very very hard so i want to acknowledge and thank them marcus hormes my colleague my best buddy my jam co-founder um to everyone at O'Reilly, especially Angela Rufino, our editor, and her close colleagues. And maybe especially, especially, I want to thank Mark Stickdorn and Jakob Schneider, because they had the experience coming into this. They'd done a book already, and they dealt with not only just bringing us into that world, but also with our inexperience sometimes, Marcus and myself. So there were times, for example, where we knew guys underestimated the amount of work to be done, especially with rewrites and so on. And Mark and Jakob literally stepped up and took the load to get the book done. So thank you a million times for that. And 
Thank you, everyone who reads the book, who's using it at university in their practice, who says they keep it near their desk. Um, thank you to those who also give us feedback on it, who find printing mistakes and so on. That's amazingly useful, and I look forward to continue conversations around these themes with those people. Well, look, Adam, it's been great speaking with you today. Anything else we want to cover off before we wrap up this episode? I know, just saying to people, Come and check it out if you're interested or give us a ping about it. I think they're really good courses. After the courses, we connect people together in an online community for that, mm-hmm. that particular cohort and also in a general one for all the six, 700 graduates that we've had now globally on LinkedIn as well. So there's also access to people who've been on the course five years ago, four years ago, last month. Yeah? Yeah. People at different stages in their learning journey and they're super generous with sharing advice, tips, methods and things like this and yeah. their experiences of using successfully and, lost, and less successfully the things that we teach them. Yeah, absolutely, which is great. Adam, great chatting with you. I'll chat with you soon. Thanks for having me, Jerry. No worries, all the best. Have a good See weekend. See you down the road. So there you have it. If you like this episode, feel free to visit thisis8cd.com where you can access our back catalogue of over 100 episodes with episodes related to service design, product management, design research, and much, much more. Now, if you're interested in design and innovation training, feel free to check out our business, thisisdoing.com, where you can join online classrooms and learn from the world's best design and innovation leaders. Join the This Is 8 CD newsletter where you'll receive updates from the network. And also, if you're interested, apply to join the Slack community on thisis8cd.com. Stay safe and until next time, take care.